Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bijou Banter. Today in the Zoom studio, we've got all the regular crowd. We've got me, Calvin Leslie, Daniel McGregor Hoyer, Orson Todd, and Matthew Huh. And we're going to be talking about the best night of the year tonight. We're talking about the Oscars, specifically the 2021 Oscars uh, that were kind of sort of hosted at the beginning by Regina King, but then not at all towards the end, uh, where a lot of stuff happened. If you missed them, I recommend you go watch them first if you want simply because otherwise what we're talking about won't make any lick of sense. However, knowing that, general thoughts on the Oscars. This was, oh, uh, going back from last year's Oscars, which I claimed was like the best Oscars of like at least in 10 years. It was such a great ceremony. This was a stark contrast because, man, this was kind of a disaster just on every single way because I have to be a little more lenient considering I know we're still in the middle of this pandemic. I understand that there needs to be some changes, but there was no like focus. It was all over the place. It was poorly planned and set up. Just like everything about it was just really sloppy. And it's a shame because this is considered the most prestigious award show in, in like film and like just in Hollywood. So you would think that there would be a bit more I guess direction with it, but it there wasn't. It was just like, yeah, exactly what I said. It was just really, really poorly planned and just really sloppy. And it, it was, it didn't flow well either. Like what watching it, it was just a massive bore. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with all that. That's how I've always kind of been with the Oscars. I mean, there's always some interesting stuff, but for me, it's just kind of been boring. Just awarding things for art. Like to me, the Oscars takes like makes people think that like, you know, you have to be very prestigious and drama filled with like being able to make high class cinema. And luckily, thankfully the past couple of years, it's been like trying to transition away from like, no, we can take a lot of things, but it just really seemed like this year focused on that. And they were just all over the place with what they were trying to do. And, you know, kind of, again, what Matthew said with the pandemic, obviously like, you know, it's hard to work around that. I don't know. I feel like they could have pushed it off just a little bit longer maybe, but yeah, it just, it was hard to watch. Yeah, this was just a complete crapshoot of an awards show. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Golden Globes. I've never been a big fan of the Golden Globes, but this made the Golden Globes look very modest in comparison because I feel I can see what they were trying to do because this was apparently produced by director Steven Soderbergh, the guy who did who brought the Oceans trilogy and traffic. But with this one, for some odd reason, even though I like admire, I say some of the stuff I did try to use with like one take camera work. It's just the fact that the whole organization of the show was just so out of sync. I mean, obviously, I think we'll be getting to the very massive ending, but everything just felt so out of place and so out of touch. And obviously, the speeches were going to be political. I mean, I expect that from the Academy Awards every year, but for some reason, it, felt like it was too much this year. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because 2020 has been that year where so many things happened all at once and it's just hard not to address it. And this year, it just, it really just was droning on about it. And it just got so like past him boring after that. And then it, because even though Regina King really started to show off on a pretty good note, it just descended all the way down and just 
wouldn't stop until it hit the ground. It was just a huge misstep of an Academy Awards. And it's probably one of the worst things that has happened in probably its 93 year history. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it wasn't quite up to snuff of what it usually was. And I agree that it felt a lot like the Golden Globes, but it was still fun. Like it was still the Oscars. You still had people getting Oscars. I feel like it was a little bit slapshot, but I feel like part of that is they didn't quite know what to do with the pandemic and how to still make it engaging beyond that, which I'll talk a little bit about my confusion surrounding that, but I don't know. Like it was still fun to watch. I still enjoyed myself. Admittedly, I'm like the biggest Oscars fanboy in the history of the world. So I'll probably, I would love it if they just went on stage and was just like, here are the new winners and Jared Leto and this guy and this guy and this girl and this girl and this person. And I would still love it. But I don't know. I didn't think it was too bad. Although I'm curious, Matthew, what about it felt like sloppy? Well, it's just because they couldn't commit to like a single thing. Because one thing that really particularly annoyed me about this ceremony was the lack of film clips. Because I think out of any year for the Academy Awards, this is the one year where you should have the film clips because not many people have seen the films. I've talked to many people that didn't even know the ceremony was happening. So usually, and even for me, I saw all the Best Picture nominees, even I wanted to see the clips just to refresh my memory on what the film is and why was this film nominated for say best cinematography i want to see the cinematography why was this film nominated for best sound i want to hear the sound they didn't show that they just talked about biographies about the nominees and i don't care about that granted it's nice to know about the people behind it but this is still first and foremost about the film shouldn't that be the focus and what particularly didn't make any sense is that they showed clips for like best picture best animated feature best documentary best international film So they had the footage and they clearly had the rights to use that footage. Why not use it for the entire ceremony and just make it consistent? Like they just, they couldn't commit to a single thing. It's like they were pulling from like every single direction to be like, okay, let's try this, let's try that. And they, none of it worked. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just felt that same way because really, at least with the other award shows kind of had over this one, because this one obviously is going to be remembered more just for the fact that it took place during the pandemic but the others at least had a simple style or at least something that can kind of distinguish each of them I mean which is why you know they used to have a host every year because you know each host would kind of have their own style and even without the host they kind of had their own thing going on and for some odd reason this one just really felt lackluster in the biggest way because they just didn't know how to like you know, present this entire show, because even though I admire, like, say, the idea of, like, trying to immerse the audience with this, with some of this camera work that they're doing, and really having the presenters kind of stand around the room talking about these nominees, it's just that they just weren't able to really bring that across, and I think the lack of film clips was probably the biggest thing, because I think maybe apart from Child of Chicago 7 and maybe Judas and the Black Messiah, I would say nobody nobody has even seen these films. I wouldn't say nobody has seen these films, at least mainstream audiences are not that aware of them. Um, Because Nomadland, say if in any other year, Nomadland would probably get ignored by the Oscars if like the whole COVID-19 pandemic didn't shut movie theaters down. 
And I would just kind of say that it's nothing against the filmmakers of Nomadland or anybody involved in that film, but it, that's kind of the vibe that I was getting throughout this entire Academy Awards is that these films, they're good films, but the question is, would they have been nominated regardless of the pandemic? And that's probably the biggest thing to really look at and just really understand that why we need the film clips. We want to see these performances. We want to see how they made these visual effects or the, how they shot these these films. Because without those, how are we going to get any interest into any of these films? I actually have to disagree with something you said. I don't think a lot of this year's Oscars will go down as being remembered by a lot of people because the viewership wasn't even up. The viewership was down so much from even what it was last year. It was like, 9.3 or something million whereas last year was like 23 million so i feel like the people that like watch the oscars will maybe remember but like i don't think this year's level of like you know quality is on the same level as the la la land mistake from a couple of years ago which now looking at it i don't even think a lot of people remember that so i don't think this will i think this year will kind of just be forgotten it will just go away maybe there will be like a couple jokes about it the next like year or two but yeah i, I, I think it's just a very forgettable year I don't know about the La La Land, the La La Land gaff being forgettable. Like me and my friends still joke about that pretty consistently. But it's not like, you know, not a lot of people are being like, oh, are they going to have a La La Land again? Which I mean, maybe they kind of did this year, but like still at the same time, it's not like so prominent as it was, you know, as you think it might be. True. Uh, and I have to agree with the lack of film clips. I thought that was so strange. Although I do find it strange that this is the year that nobody has seen any of these movies because like 90% of these movies were on streaming services for free. And it's like, okay, you're just clearly being lazy then if you didn't watch Trial of Chicago 7, but you decided to watch like New Girl for the 18th time. Uh, but the lack of film clips was so disappointing. I love the film clips. They're so fun and it shows like, it's always like a highlight of that aspect. So when it's like the screenplay, it's always like one of the best written scenes and it's really fun to watch that. And it's fun to watch the actors really hamming it up and earning their Oscar with like the scene that when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, there's the Oscar scene. Uh, but they didn't have it. And that was so disappointing. And instead they decided to go around and talk about how brave all the artists were, which in any other year saying Daniel Kaluuya's performance was brave, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. But in this year when there was a pandemic and there were people who were risking their lives to make sure that people didn't die, calling a makeup artist brave for putting makeup on themselves to start their career feels a little self-serving and just a little bit blind to what's going on in the world. Because at the end of the day, these jobs are kind of silly. Like you get paid to pretend and put makeup on people and make things sound good. They're kind of goofy jobs and calling, I don't know, calling them brave just felt like too much. I'm guessing like the thing to do address, I'm not sure if you guys were aware of this controversy after the award show, but um, they didn't address the movie theaters that have been pushing through the pandemic or the ones that have been, the ones that have been unfortunately shut down due to the, pan due to the pandemic. And I think that's something that did rub me the wrong way more that I think about because I know there's a lot of people out there that hate the Grammys because the Grammys are kind of as self-indulgent as the Academy is, but they, the Grammys at least addressed all the music venues that 
have been shut down due to COVID. And it's kind of strange that the Academy Awards didn't address the movie theaters that were struggling throughout the pandemic. And I feel like that's a pretty huge thing that, you know, that the Academy for some reason ignored during the ceremony and instead trying to focus on Oscar trivia with Gwen Close dancing. I mean, I feel like they could have done a lot more in terms of focusing on that aspect of the experience because there's a lot of people that rely on going to the movie theaters because not a lot of people can afford streaming services or don't want to get streaming services. They like to go to the movies and it's kind of a shame that they never focused on that aspect. That's a big deal too, just because considering most of these films that were nominated for Best Picture and even got nominees were originally supposed to play in movie theaters, but they got shifted to streaming services too. So it's like, that's kind of a big deal, I feel like. And I didn't even think about that during the ceremony just because there was so much other stuff that was on my mind going on in front of it. And it's just like, yeah, why didn't they acknowledge them? Like there's like theaters like film scene, we're still like we're open, but it's clear that most of these independent theaters where most of these Oscar films would have been screening otherwise are struggling. Why not acknowledge them and also, and, but also at the same time, commend them for pushing through? Because if you, without a film, you can't have a movie theater basically. And that's a big deal. And like, when I've heard that they didn't even mention it, I'm just like, yeah, that's a good point. They should have acknowledged it instead of just kind of messing around with like what you said with like trivia and all this non and all this nonsense. It's just like, it was a three hour and 19 minute ceremony. You're telling me you couldn't squeeze an extra five minutes into that to acknowledge that? Like, that's ridiculous. It was a really long ceremony, although, and this is sort of changing the topic, so I apologize. And they should have crammed something about that in there because come on, like movie theaters are the reason you're in business. So maybe recognize that every once in a while. But also just sort of jumping it was a really long ceremony, but a lot of it still felt rushed. Like the in memoriam reel was like 30 seconds long and like they were just zooming through it. And I thought it was kind of insulting because a lot of people died this year and they were like, instead of playing a longer song, let's play a shorter upbeat song and make sure you can't even read their names because why would we pay respect to the dead? Yeah, I mean, it's such a strange thing because, I mean, I love Stevie Wonder's ass. That is a great song, but that is just like playing Don't Worry, Be Happy at my funeral. It just doesn't fit at all because, I mean, I can kind of see they were probably trying to rush some time, but the, the In Memoriam segment is not the time to really rush time at all. I mean, I, I the thing I was actually glad about though, um, because I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, YMS. Um, he's a YouTuber from Canada, but he has like this Oscars podcast every year and he kind of points out how it's more disrespectful to say applaud during the, the, the in memoriam segment than I would say anything else, but I'm kind of glad they, the audience didn't do that because they kind of gave the silence that the moment of silence that these um performers and filmmakers deserved but i don't think speeding through it like a google slideshow was the right idea and it just felt very disrespectful and i i don't get that at all i agree it was it was pretty disrespectful i understand that they wanted to fit a lot of people into the in memoriam part just because 
as sad as it sounds, a lot of people died this past year. It's very unfortunate. And you want to give your respect to them, but play a slower song and like make it longer than give us enough time to actually remember them. Like I don't, like I just see like one name and then in a in like a second it turns to another one. I don't have enough time to process that. And granted, I don't even I don't think there was like any as far as I'm aware, usually there's a controversy each year that they forget like one big person. Was there one this year? Because if there wasn't, then that's kind of that's kind of impressive then. I would say they forgot five people. I know there's this controversy that they forgot uh Naya Rivera, who unfortunately I'm not very aware of, but apparently she did have a pretty big influence in the film community. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they could have just switched the song, like in it, like Ennio Morricone, like one of the greatest film composers of all time. They could have included his score from Cinema Paradiso in in that one. Maybe it's already cliche to include the love thing, but they could have done something you really felt like these people were gone instead of just like speeding through it like a slideshow. Oh, speak, speaking of music, this is another thing that I did not like about the ceremony. The music was not good at all. I understand that they didn't have enough room for an orchestra. I understand that you can't really do that like without, without violating social distancing. And I like Questlove. I think his music's good. It doesn't fit an awards ceremony like this at all. It just sounds so out of place. And it sounds like something out of The Tonight Show. They just play like all these techno beats and it's just like this is not this is not award ser- uh, ceremony worthy in my opinion a- an award ceremony should feel like sort of classical and sort of i guess not like in a way sort of like like i don't i don't know how to say it but it should be a bit more appropriate because like you could just find something on on youtube of like classical music to play why does there have to be like a dj playing electronic music at an award show that can make something feel very, I, I think you said it right, because again, nothing against Questlove and what he does on The Tonight Show, very talk showy. Like it makes it feel like it's kind of a made for TV thing. And yes, the Oscars is made for TV, obviously, but there's always like that different level. It's like maybe you could watch the Oscars on like HBO or Stars or something because of the music. That's like a huge part of it. You feel like you're actually going to like this really high prestigious award ceremony. But then when you just throw in like some weird beats, it's like that you could make it like garage band or something. Not saying Questlove does that and disrespects his career, but like it just makes it feel very like kind of cheap in a way, especially when it's not done right. I kind of like the music from this year. I agree it didn't quite feel as sweeping and, and grand as usual, but I didn't think that was awful for this year just because, I mean, this year nothing was as sweeping or as grand, which I'll bring up in a second because I have one confusion. But um, and I liked how they played Oscar winning songs and they sort of made the best of that. Like before the commercial breaks, they'd play. I think they played like the one from Dirty Dancing once. And they played a couple other ones. I can't remember any of them specifically because I don't remember what songs have won Oscars. But I thought that worked. Although I will say the one thing that I didn't understand about them sort of working within COVID is they swapped the venue to this weird sort of half outside venue, which makes sense at first glance where like they're all sitting at tables and it's basically the Golden Globes. But why didn't they just have it in the gigantic theater that surely would have room for everyone to be social distanced, especially because everybody at those tables, no one was wearing a mask. Like just put them in the theater. Which is, 
okay, if the Academy was going to say, like, we can't afford the Dolby Theater or it's not safe to put her in there, that's bullcrap because there was a segment with Brian Cranston introducing the humanitarian ward in the Dolby Theater. You clearly had enough money to rent it. Just put the ceremony there. Like, even in, like, it's in Union Station, which is a very nice place, and at least it's different. The problem is that it doesn't feel like an award show. It feels more like a high school graduation. There's sunlight coming in through the windows, and it's, like, making all these harsh shadows in front of the nominees' faces. It's just, it's so, it does not fit. At least with the Golden Globes, when they did it, it was in an enclosed, like, event space, but it felt more like a theater. Even, even when it turned to night, it looked more, like, proper. Like, it just... They just did so many wrong things with this ceremony. I just can't, I can't stress it enough. Yeah, I mean, because it's so weird because you had the nominees that obviously couldn't show up because a lot of them are from overseas and we still got a bit of that travel ban. But um, it's like looking at the British Film Institute where a lot of like the British nominees were like Gary Oldman and um, some of the visual effects designers from, from Tenet and many others, they were all in a giant theater too and they were socially distant and it's like if they could do that why couldn't the academy and that's like the biggest thing that i think that just did run me the wrong way it's like you guys are all in a big giant dinner party while the nominees from great britain are in an actual movie theater or a or a theater at bfi it makes no sense to me There's a lot of things that didn't make sense about this year's Oscars. Another one being just like, again, I can't stress this enough. It's so weird that no one was wearing a mask. Like they're probably all vaccinated because they're probably like all, because they're all Hollywood rich so they can afford to cut the queue, but freaking wear a mask. It's not that hard. And it'll prove that like, oh yeah, there is still COVID and there is still something to worry about. And I don't know. I didn't like that nobody was wearing a mask. They, they said that during the commercial breaks, they would wear a mask, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's like, okay, it's basically just for show. I think Regina King compared it to like actually being an actor. That's not a very good comparison though because there's still people out that are unfortunately dying because of this, of, of this virus. You should still in a way be respectful. And I think they said if the, the nominees uh, could wear the mask if they felt comfortable, but nobody was because it's like they're all vaccinated. So I don't know, it was was such a weird thing. I feel like if it was the other way around where they were wearing the mask during the award ceremony and taking them off during their commercial breaks, then you wouldn't have people saying like, oh my God, that's so weird. To me, that just seems very Hollywood rich kind of thing. Like, well, they don't need to see us wearing masks. Well, I actually disagree. I feel like you need to see them wearing masks because we look up to these people, especially since it's a so diverse year. You have people from all different backgrounds being like, wow, they're doing it too. That's crazy. Like, I feel like if you were just wearing them during it and when you got up on stage and you took it off for like two minutes or something, gave your speech, said thank you, whatever, put it back on and left, you would not have this controversy. My question is, is like, I know what's that. It's funny. This is completely off topic, but I was watching the NFL draft um, Thursday night. And basically, before, apart from the commissioner, like the, he invites people on the stage to announce the draft picks, but they all wear a mask and then they take it off at the podium when they're announcing the pick. Why couldn't they do that at the Academy Awards? I mean, because, because I mean, yeah, we want to see how prestigious and gorgeous these people look, but 
we're in a pandemic and obviously that's going to be enforcing the wrong and it's going to be enforcing the wrong issues when you're thinking oh since these celebrities aren't wearing a mask why should i wear my mask and i feel like that's like a big important thing to realize especially at award shows is like you gotta unless you're in a space like the critics choice awards were or the golden globes i feel like you could have done something where they would still wear their masks because I don't think, I think beauty is not the thing to look at, especially during a pandemic. But I'm guessing the, I'm guessing before we do anything else, we should probably address the elephant of an ending in the room real quick. I suppose we could. I was going to save that till we actually talked about the awards, but also uh, unless anybody has anything else to say about the ceremony. I mean, we could also talk more about the ceremony as we talk about the awards. <clears throat> Ahem, sorry, a bit of Oreo dust just went straight down my trachea. Uh, we could, yeah, we could talk about the awards now because the ending was a spectacular mess up. For those of you who don't know, basically, they completely changed the Oscars so that they could honor Chadwick Boseman. They were like, okay, we'll have best picture third to last, best actress second to last and best actor last which like I'm a little bit against I don't know I think having best picture last is just kind of like the thing to do but okay like they wanted to onward Chadwick that works for me but then they don't give it to him they're like and the winner is Anthony Hopkins cut the credits cut the credits and then they cut the credits and then they also to pile on they gave out an NFT which for those of you who don't know is like this weird internet thing that can't be copied it's strange um, of Chadwick Boseman's likeness in the goodie bags. And they're like, this is worth a lot of money. So take that Chadwick's ghost. And it was really aggravating. I don't know what to say about this thing. This is just finally one of the most surreal moments in Academy Awards history. And this is some, and that's saying something because you had a streaker in the seventies, you had the law land debacle, you had James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosting for some reason. It's like you had a lot of big issues. You even had the crash ending in 2005. But this is the one I don't, I think people are going to be talking about, at least those who watched it, and just remember how bad this ending was. Because this is kind of where you see that, that the producers and the Academy were not on the same page. Because even though it is a good thing to honor Chadwick Boseman, who has unfortunately passed away last year due to colon cancer, um, it is a very disrespectful thing to both Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins, who both gave great performances in their respective films. And because I know like his family did come out um, the day after saying, um, that he never really put too much emphasis on the Oscars, um, which I feel like does kind of open it up a bit, but it is kind of a sad thing to say that you build up this big moment of like giving the final award to Chadwick Boseman and, it and it's never given to him. And that's kind of where, and that's why this is so, this is why this is such a phenomenal mistake because even if they did do that, it would honestly, and I feel like it would just honestly break a lot of things that made the Oscars so good because best picture is always the last award because that's the biggest prize. I mean, actors are, all, I mean, best actor and best actress are all always bigger 
are always big prizes, but best picture is like the undisputed prize because that's where everything in a film is basically getting respected. And here it's just a performance. And it is kind of a shame that the Academy producers just didn't realize that when they were thinking about organizing this ceremony. I mean, I didn't understand why best director was so early. I mean, because it was just so all, it felt so disorganized. I mean, I get the understanding like saying using having best screen, the best screenplay awards early because, you know, like the process of film does start with a screenplay, but it it's just so mis un, they seem so misunderstood about giving the best actor award last and why it was such a phenomenal phenomenal disappointment oh boy do i have a lot to say about this ending because i i can i cannot express the sheer um upset and anger i had at the end of this just because well, you, you basically hit hit the nail on the head, Daniel. It was such a phenomenal mistake. And this wasn't the first time, actually, that uh, the Academy Awards ended with an award other than Best Picture. In 1972, they get, the last award was an honorary award to Charlie Chaplin. But at least he was there to accept the award. Because that's another thing that really annoyed me about this is that, okay, Anthony Hopkins was great. He was great in The Father. But the problem is that you build up the fact that it seems like you're going to give it to Chadwick which would made would have made the most sense, but you give it to Anthony Hopkins. And on top of that, he wasn't even there. He was sleeping while the ceremony was going on. So it's like, okay, we're done. It's just like, it, it, left, it leaves such a like bad taste in my mouth that that's how you ended the ceremony. And the fact that you're just basically immortalizing Chadwick Boseman in like, what was it like that token thing? Yeah, it it just seems so disrespectful to his, to his legacy. Like I, I can't put it in any other way. It's just really not cool. And I know the, the Oscars, it's like, you can't have everything your way. And I'm not saying that they should have, people are saying that, oh, they thought the Academy would just give it to Chadwick just because he's dead. But Chadwick gave a great performance that in my opinion was worthy of an Oscar. And I'm not, no disrespect to Anthony Hopkins too. I'm not saying that he was bad in The Father. He was great in The Father. But Chadwick, what he did in, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was incredible. And on top of that, his legacy that will last for like so many decades within the past five years. He really made a positive impact on the film industry. And it would have been kind of incredible to make this his last, the last great thing about his legacy, but they didn't. And going back to best director too, I don't understand why they put that so early in the ceremony, considering Chloe Zhao is the first woman of color to ever win an Academy, the, the best director award. That's incredible. That should be talked about, but no one's talking about it because Chadwick lost at the very end because they made Chloe Zhao like the fourth award. Why couldn't they save that till like close to the end? I think people complaining about Anthony Hopkins not being there is a little insane because first of all, he lives in Wales in the UK. So there's obviously the travel ban. And second, he's 83 years old. Like, even if he has the vaccine, I still don't think, you know, you want to be taking that chance when you could just kind of stay in. And like, I don't think he was expecting to win. I wonder if this was a case where it's like, this is a weird um, example, but a couple of years ago when that 
Mr. Rogers movie wasn't even nominated. A lot of actors and actresses and voting members came out and said, well, we didn't vote for it because we thought everybody else was going to vote for it. And so I wonder if that's like the same case where it's like you had a lot of people that were like, oh, well, it's going to be Chadwick. So maybe like, even though he's good, I don't know if I want to be like everyone else. So they just didn't vote. And it just, that was how it was. But like, I think I get why, you know, they obviously shouldn't have had it last. That's just very strange because you can tell it wasn't even planned when uh, Joaquin Phoenix comes out and he's like, you know, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. That was clearly probably his like speech honoring Chadwick or whatever. But like, I think the freak out is a little bit unjustified because they, all these actors this year, even Gary Oldman and Mank, which I didn't like that much, gave great performances. Like on Twitter, some of the outrage I was seeing was totally uncalled for. They were like trying to, some people were trying to tie it into the white patriarchy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it was so weird. Like they all gave great performances. And I just feel like, yes, it is, like I said, disrespectful that, you know, it seemed like they were trying to focus on more of the awards than Chadwick himself. But, you know, I think sometimes that's just how the Oscars is. They all gave great performances. And it was kind of just a fell in the blank year, I thought. I will say about that, I think, I don't know, I think the outrage is partially justified. I don't, I'm not entirely sold on it being the, like, part, like I saw a tweet that was like, what is racism if not Anthony Hopkins winning? I was like, well, other things are racism. That's the answer to that. But, um, like, I also really respected how Anthony Hopkins took it. Like he didn't, because I agree, like he's in London and he physically can't get to the United States. Like, yeah, he's not going to be at the Oscars. That's fine. But he accepted it with like a certain amount of grace. And he was very much like, I wasn't expecting to win. Obviously Chadwick is an awesome person. Thank you very much. But I do think Chadwick should have won, especially considering that Anthony Hopkins already won an Oscar for a performance that was probably much better than The Father in Silence of the Lambs. So I don't know. I do wish Chadwick has had one, partially just because I really like Chadwick um, and I would have been rooting for him no matter what. But I also, I can also understand why he lost because he gave a great performance in Ma Rainey, but I also don't think Ma Rainey was the most amazing film that has ever been made. So I don't know, it's a little bit complicated. Yeah, apparently the Academy, apparently Anthony Hopkins was, I hear, I hear two stories. Apparently he was supposed to be at the awards, but via Zoom, but the, um, the Academy wouldn't allow it because he didn't want to go to the vocation at the British Film Institute. But also there was something that was saying that he was actually at his father's grave in Wales because apparently a lot of what his performance in The Father came from was from his actual father. So it was, so obviously Hopkins had other thing, either had other things going on at the Academy, just wouldn't let him, let him use Zoom to accept the award and I and I think he even thought like he wasn't even going to get this award but it is kind of a shameful thing that this was made to this was made to honor Chadwick and obviously he is a good actor like he is probably one of the most iconic African-American actors of this deck of the last decade but it is kind of a shameful thing that this is what's really overshadowing the entire ceremony because when you look at that, like Orson said, when you look at all five of those actors, those were great performance. I mean, Gary Oldman and Mank, even though it was probably the weakest performance out of that whole film, was still great in Mank. It was on the head, probably would have gotten third place because his performance inside the metal was great. Steven Yen being the first Asian American actor to be nominated for best actor 
is a pretty huge deal and he gave a great performance but it's kind of a shame that this is all getting all these performances are getting overshadowed by this ending and it's just probably a mistake that I don't think the academy ever wants to make ever again for sure but think I'm going to quickly transition off this topic because I feel like we've all said our piece with the ending and I think we all agree and disagree with it in numerous ways but I also want to talk about the rest of the awards specifically uh, the screenplay awards not only being the first awards given of the night which is just wrong give that best supporting an actor and actress like that's just how it is save screenplay for like the middle like they did last year with Taika Waititi but also the fact that promising young woman took home best original screenplay in spite of Judas and the Black Messiah having a fantastic screenplay, in spite of Trial of Chicago 7 having a fantastic screenplay. I mean, I love that a woman run, won, not run, won the award, but also like it's a somewhat problematic film from what I hear. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to that exactly. But come on, man, Sorkin was writing, and I guarantee you Promising One Woman wasn't nearly as good as what Sorkin can do. I, I can agree with that because I said this in the nominations, and this, this is my hot take. I didn't even think Promising Woman, the screenplay deserved its nomination, let alone its win, because I think there are a lot of problems with that screenplay, particularly in the third act. It really falls apart. The rest of the writing's good, but I see why it won just because of its subject matter. It's totally understandable why it won, but I don't know, Try the Shadow 7 was genuinely one of the best screenplays I, I saw this past year, and I you would think that the Academy would lean more towards Sorkin just because Sorkin has been nominated several times, but I guess not. Yeah, I kind of have to agree. I was, even though I said, I think that was what was going to win in the nominations episode. Like I was so surprised still because like Matthew just said, the third act a promising young woman, even though I really like it, just totally goes for like, how crazy can we possibly be and how dark can we possibly get? And I kind of, I wouldn't say contradicts the rest of the tone of the movie, but it was just, it was a very strange way to choose to close out the film. Whereas Trial of the Shrek 7 feels like it's completely the same throughout. It's one cohesive movie. So I'm surprised too. I mean, for me, it's kind of like where I wasn't necessarily surprised that they kind of went that route because um, obviously the Academy is wants to be seen as progressive. So, and I did see Promising Omen. I thought it was fine. I mean, it was pretty insane with like, what was going on in the film but I can kind of see why this film could be seen as very controversial um in terms of its subject matter um it's probably gonna people are gonna probably be looking back at this film maybe as like some of this kind of like the way Jennifer's body is kind of like that now I mean that's kind of the same vibes I'm getting with it but I don't know if it was deserving a best screenplay um I wasn't thinking that Sorkin was gonna get this award because I, for some reason, I always thought that I was going to go to Judas and the Black Messiah, but it didn't. Um, but I, I don't know if this is well deserved. It's probably something you got to kind of sleep on a bit because just want to see how this film game gains an audience over time. Because you know, I don't think a lot of people saw it, and I, it's probably something that's going to be slept on a bit. But I'm not entirely sure this film entirely deserved that award. And also, I'm doubly mad because this is like the fifth year in a row or whatever that screenplay has been used as a consolation prize 
where it's like, you didn't win anything else, so we'll give you screenplay. Like, it was like that for Jojo Rabbit, too, where Jojo Rabbit was an incredible film, but it didn't win any Oscars, so they were like, you know what? Here it is as a consolation prize. And I'm not saying Jojo Rabbit wasn't well-written. Jojo Rabbit was incredibly written. But they keep doing this, and it's so frustrating because screenwriting is, like, one of my favorite parts of movies, and it deserves more respect than, well, you didn't get Best Picture, Best Director, or any other awards, so here you go. And it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I'm also still frustrated that Judas and the Black Messiah and Trial of Chicago 7 were under original when they're clearly adapted, but that we got into a little bit in the, uh, the episode. Also, uh, I should note, this is the first time that a video game has won an Oscar because the short film Colette won best, I think it was live action short film or best doc short subject documentary. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but it's from a video game, which is kind of interesting and strange. Uh, what other awards were people elated by or completely and totally frustrated by? The one, aside from Best Actor, which we already delved into, the one that I was particularly upset about was Best Cinematography because Mank won over Nomadland. And no no shade against Mank Cinematography. Mank Cinematography was fine, but Nomadland was one of the most beautiful movies I saw the past year, the way it shot the landscapes, it looks so beautiful and it was real. Like they actually went out and shot on location. Mank, I think the only reason why it won was because it was black and white. Like, yeah, it does a great job emulating the, the look and feel of a 1930s film, but it, it wasn't nearly as great as Nomadland. And that was just like one of the biggest snubs of this year. Like I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, uh say like Nomadland cinematography felt a little bit more immersive than Mank did because even though I do compliment Mank with what they did, especially with the, I mean, because I think it well-deserved production design because I feel like it was pretty hard to like really bring out a lot of like those settings and buildings that are, are now gone and that are now gone from 1930s Hollywood and bring them back digitally. I thought that was really great, but the cinematography just didn't immerse me as well as much as I would say Nomadland did, because even though I wouldn't say Nomadland is my favorite film from last year, I do admire Joshua James Richards' cinematography because it made me feel super immersed into, um, into these locations. And I'm really glad, I'm, it's very disappointing that this didn't get that Oscar. I mean, even though Nomadland did end up getting Best Picture, um, I would have to say that no bad when should have at least gone best in cinematography. Um, and I don't think it's anything against Nick Measure Smith, Smith, but I feel like that it should have been Joshua James Richards to take it. I kind of disagree. I think because what Mank did with its cinematography was interesting because it used a lot of sort of old 1940s and 30s effects in its cinematography. Uh, a lot of it was fake CGI backgrounds, especially the zoo, which was just awful. But that's more on the visual effects department than cinematography. But I mean, Nomadland was beautiful, but I think I said this in the nomination episode, like it made beautiful things look beautiful, which is not particularly difficult. The lighting was good, but that's because it was shot at sunset. And the Badlands look good because they're the Badlands. And I think, I think it was pretty justified that Mank won. I voted for Nomadland because I thought they would go for it. But I think Mank winning is a perfectly fine decision. Yeah. Uh, another award that I wanted to talk about, uh, if you'll give me just one second, 
is the best animated feature because it went to Soul. And I wasn't angry in the nomination episode. And I wanted to get retroactively angry in this episode because I saw Wolf Walkers after I saw the Oscars. And my God, Soul ain't got nothing on Wolf Walkers. Wolf Walkers is an incredible film that's really intense and biting and really filled to the brim with really well done emotion. And it's just very frustrating that it lost to Soul. And I cannot freaking believe it. And I really want the Oscars to go back and take it away from Soul and give it to Wolf Walkers because it was so good. Um, I think Soul is pretty well deserving. I mean, Wolf Walkers, I mean, I was there, I saw it. I mean, I was more wandering around, but I was there. Um, but I, it's still, it, it is a good movie, but I feel like Soul, um, I would say Soul still felt deserving of it because, you know, like the animation looked uh, very realistic, like, especially for like a, two, a 3D animated world, even though like the characters obviously look a bit cartoony, it's pretty amazing that they, the textures look pretty realistic, especially when it comes to lighting. So I thought Soul was pretty well-deserved. Um, even though I liked Wolf Walkers, I just, I obviously thought, I don't think it was gonna win. And I think that all the other three nominees were not necessarily gonna win it either. So I think Soul was pretty well-deserving. What other awards did people have a visceral reaction to? I was a little surprised Nomadland didn't take, was it adapted screenplay? Yeah, I was surprised by that because I for sure thought it was going to since it was the, basically the promised child of the Oscars this year. That was just a little surprising to me. Um, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I'm guessing I was pretty much vouching for the father by the time the awards rolled around because I feel like that was actually really well done screenplay and it really helped with like the editing, which I did go to Silent Metal, which I think that was pretty well. I wouldn't say it was the best edited film, but I'm guessing they just wanted to, they thought it was whiplash or they just gave it the Silent Metal. But um, I would say that I felt the father was pretty well deserved because it really did a good job, like really adapting. Apparently it was adapted from a play and it did a pretty good job really making you you're, you feel like you're with the character and it's very well written. So I feel like it deserves that award. Yeah, I didn't really have a dog in the race in best original screenplay, but I don't know. I feel like Nomadland didn't really have much of a script for part of it. I feel like a lot of it was probably improvised as they went along. So I can see why that wouldn't be like the same thing with Borat. Like, I think that would be a pretty like out there pick for the Academy. Yeah, I mean, I think Nomadland's a bit more uh, of an experience type of movie, which is, it's kind of like very questioning. Like when you see, see something like 1917 get nominated because obviously the story and the character, I mean, well, I mean, it is following a character, but the story is not basically the focus. It's more of like the experience of it. And seeing something like that, seeing a film like Nomadland get best, like get nominated for best original screenplay is a bit, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily needs to be um, nominated because I think it's a different, it's a completely different film than I would say the others, because I think the others are probably a bit more written, 
like written to be in written to be tell, tell stories and Nomadland's more written to like experience stories. So I feel like that's a bit different compared to um compared to the others. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, the speeches that people gave. Specifically, I wanted to talk about uh, Yu Jung Yun. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't, uh, because she was, first of all, this was the most diverse year in Oscar history, I think, which was awesome. But she's also one of the few Asian American uh, women to win Best Supporting Actress. And also her speech was incredible. And I love everything about her. And I didn't know she existed before this award show. And now I want her to win every award ever in the history of the universe. That, that was the highlight of the entire night. Like, I, I was so happy when she won Best Supporting Actress. She was the first South Korean actress to win uh, in an acting category, which is fantastic. And yeah, her speech was just so humble and, and sweet. She's like, oh, Brad Pitt, where were you when we were filming? Like, that's adorable. And like, I really love, I think the best part about it is that she said like, like, even even though like we're competing, we shouldn't compete. We're all winners because we were nominated for our performances. We all gave great performances. To me, that is what should come out of an award ceremony. And I know that sounds kind of uh, hypocritical considering I was complaining about Chadwick losing a couple minutes ago. But at the same time, like what she said is was just so like honest. And I really, really love that. Like there's not that amount of honesty in award speeches nowadays, I feel like, because most of them tend to be political, especially this year's, but I understand why, because they also gave way more time for the speeches than usual, because at most at most cases, the speeches are like a minute long or something, but some of these were upwards of like five minutes, it seemed like, so, but yeah, that, that was definitely the highlight of the entire night. I saw on Twitter, I wanted to make sure, I hope I pronounced this right, but that uh, Jordan Peele, after she won her award, sent her a bottle of Dom Perignon. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's like a really famous liquor. And uh, he, the note that he sent with her said, I see you. And I was like, that's like so like sweet and like just funny because Jordan Peele's supposed to be like this really nice guy and just hearing that like, you know, he did that school. Yeah, this is uh, this is really well deserved. I mean, her speech is incredibly good. I mean, I especially like how she pointed out how Brad Pitt actually pronounced her name right because I think a lot of people pronounced it like Yoon Young John, except it's Young Jun Yoon, and I found that to be pretty great because she was just so gracious when he did that and really gracious of like everybody in the room, and I feel like that's like a very that, that is that is like a very good personality and she's very complimentary for everybody which i feel like is not seen in award shows that often um which is unfortunate because you know a lot of people kind of use that stage to really talk about their political beliefs or kind of trying to make a stand for something put them put themselves on a pedestal but with her she just she didn't put herself on that pedestal. She was very gracious of everybody in the room and very respectful for everybody in the room. And I feel like that's like one of the biggest takeaways from an award show that was already pretty much what it usually was. And it, yeah, I mean, I feel like this was a really well-deserved award and a very, very great speech. Daniel Kaluuya also had one heck of a speech. The speeches this year, they were long, but I thought they were all pretty good especially Daniel Kaluuya's because he was just so ecstatic to have won and uh he was hilarious I love Daniel Kaluuya 
practically embarrassed his mom that is for sure i mean i think that might be something that might be a meme or something later in the future because that was he basically referenced his birth and that was pretty funny and i would say that daniel kuiwari deserved that award because his performance as fred hampton was really great um and hopefully like and i feel like this is a very this is a very good award and a very good award for Kawita to get. And yeah, that's all I gotta say. I also love that uh, Lakeith Stanfield just dipped out of the Oscars, like at one point after uh, Best Supporting Actor was called. And he has every right to do this because he should have been nominated for Best Actor because he was the lead actor of the Judas and Black Messiah. But he was like on Instagram, he was like, yeah, congrats to all the nominees. Thank you for nominating me, but it's a dry bar and I'm a dip out. And I thought that was just absolutely hilarious. And I love the Keith Stanfield. Everybody at this Oscar seemed like they were having a lot of fun, which was nice, which makes sense because it felt like the Golden Globes and people have fun at the Golden Globes, but it didn't, it didn't quite have the pizzazz that it usually has. Yeah. Uh, we are a little bit early on time, but any sort of final thoughts on the Oscars? I feel like we've covered most of it. I would have to say like that, even though some a lot of these awards are very well deserved, I feel like this ceremony just wasn't up to par as it should have been. It should have done a lot more um, in terms of, you know, having a style and kind of making it stand out and it tried to do that but just failed in every regard i mean that ending is it's already going down as like one of the most weirdest moments in oscar history um next to the streaker and the wallow and the buckle and i'm hoping for next year that everything can kind of i wouldn't say go back to normal but you know kind of be more of a different ceremony and really try to and really try to do something different that isn't so polarizing yeah there were there were some good things um i'm glad that there's finally the academy gave more attention to uh diversifying the nominees which is always great but overall, this, in my opinion, will go down as one of the weakest Oscar ceremonies in its history. It's just the presentation was just so poor and we already went in depth about it. It's just like there was no there was no organization, no plan. They just did it. It's like they were fighting off the seat of their pants as soon as the camera rolled. And it was just in every way, not every way, but in most ways, it was a complete and utter failure. Um this will probably go down as one of the most interesting if anything it's an interesting like time capsule for future generations like oh this is what the academy did during the pandemic but as a whole it's just like it was not a good ceremony at all yeah i think the best thing about it was kind of just like what matthew said it's incredibly diverse which i think you know that's obviously been one of the biggest complaints the past few years it was very diverse. So I'll give them that. I know we spent a lot of time crapping on this year's ceremony, but I think that's something that's totally worth acknowledging. Although this year definitely reminds me of uh, the newest Star Wars trilogy where it doesn't seem like uh, everybody was on the same page. There wasn't a lot of communication where one people, some people wanted to do one thing or some people wanted to do the other and they just weren't uh, mixing those things to make it a cohesive um, 
show. So I think that's the biggest downfall is that, and especially with like mixing the awards and like where they were going and how early and late they were in the ceremony. Very strange, not a good call. Yeah, uh, overall, this award was a little bit lackluster. Like I felt at the end, like I just sort of sat through something instead of experienced the Oscars. Maybe it's just because I've been ruined by going to film scene for the Oscars the past couple of years. But um, I don't know. I It just felt like I was watching the Golden Globes. But there were still some good things. The speeches were good. Diversity was obviously good. Some of the awards were well-deserved. Some of the awards, uh, when I was tallying them off on my sheet, I just said dumb because I didn't agree with them. Uh, but yeah, I think overall, this was a decent year for the Oscars. I mean, subpar, but still. Uh, at any rate, uh, I think that'll do it for our conversation on the Oscars. Be sure to tune in next week if you want, where we're going to be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Mortal Kombat. Or wait, Daniel, you already gave your final thoughts on the Oscars, right? Okay, good. I My brain just sometimes forgets who said what exactly. But um. Yeah, so that'll wrap it up. Be sure to tune in next week if you want. And I've been Calvin. I've been Orson. I've been Matthew. And I've been Daniel. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye.